Welcome to Manage to Engage, the podcast from clearandopen.com, dedicated to the evolution of you because businesses grow when people do. Serving leaders, managers, and people who will be, helping you reach excellence in your work and achieve your personal goals at the same time. Sign up for the free course at clearandopen.com. Hi, it's Joseph, and thanks for tuning in to Manage to Engage, the podcast from clearandopen.com. This is part three in the Courage series from my course, Embodied Values and Virtues. In this episode, we talk about the similarities between parenting and management and the importance and power of being curious about another's experience. We also discuss the limits of nervous system regulation-based models, treating symptoms versus root causes, Western medicine's inability to diagnose and heal emotional issues, and a lot more. I offer weekly member webcasts, online courses, and mentorship at clearandopen.com because it's my truth that with the right tools, anyone can eliminate the people, money, and time problems holding them back in business. And I share parts of these webcasts and courses on this show because I want to help you too. As I mentioned, this series is from the course entitled Embodied Values and Virtues, which you can find at courses.clearandopen.com. Thanks for listening. Let's begin. Joseph, like the di- the digesting um, emotions for kids. I, I have a question. Um, so my my son is a picky eater, and I and I was a picky eater growing up. And I remember how I felt. And so when we'll be out eating, like parents will say, "Oh, you should try this. You should do this." Like constant pressure, like like not even saying it directly, even if they're trying to be nice about it. And I just have all this empathy for him. It's like, how do I help him digest that emotion to even get there? You know what I mean? So. I don't know, like, how do I teach him that he doesn't be scared of stuff like that? When, um, to, to get like, to how do which... I help him? How do I help him digest, uh, these emotions of fear? You know what I mean? By, uh, eliciting the feelings he has about it and feeling it with him. Right. You know, like, uh, it could be after some family dinner or whatever where somebody was doing that uh, passive-aggressive pressuring thing. You could say to him, hey, remember when so-and-so was saying that thing about that particular food? What was that like for you? Did you feel pressured? You know, Have the curiosity to try to get into his world and elicit what that feeling was and then empathize. Like, oh, yeah, I, I saw that. I noticed that. I, I felt you in that moment. And, um, you know, and you could share with him how you were a picky eater when you were a kid too. And that that's actually quite a normal phase for a lot of kids yeah. to go through. That's something that helped. I did. Thanks. Yeah. It's the same thing with, with management. Um, management and parenting have so much in common. It, it's so much will get handled if you just have the curiosity to want to know the experience the person is having to care about their experience and engage to get involved in that way and and then just be with them with it not necessarily try to solve it other questions i have a question around like so related to this around fear triggers the emotional digestive system and even you know especially feeling your reaction what's your perspective around like the nervous system regulation and i don't know if it's called fatal theory but it's like you know all of that sort of and ultimately that being a big part of it, like not being able to regulate our nervous system and reactions. Yeah, that's a great question. 
that's a scientific uh, paradigm view of what I'm talking about that reduces human beings to biology. Because science doesn't see emotions because they can't measure them yet, anyway. Um, but trying to measure an emotion is like trying to pick up water with a net. So uh, psychology, which is in the scientific uh, domain, not all of it, but <clears throat> it's where it came from, it puts a, like a biological determinism kind of uh, paradigm on top of it. Like, okay, uh, your feelings are, uh, after all, your feelings can be reduced to nervous system impulses, which I would not agree with, but that's how biology sees it. So if your feelings are, are nervous system impulses, uh, then what the problem with your difficult feelings is you're uh, dysregulated and we need ways to regulate your chem the chemical reactions that are going on in you and that can happen via touch or pharmaceuticals or blah, 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 blah. Uh, the problem with that, in my opinion, is that emotions are not uh, and, and cannot be reduced to pure biology. Um, the emotional body is upstream of the physical body and it creates downstream nervous system effects. But if you treat it just at the level of nervous system, well, then you're cleaning dirty water downstream of the pollution source. So it creates an improvement, but it requires never-ending amounts of regulation uh, to address the dysregulation because it's not dealing with it at an emotional level. So a, psychi a typical psychiatrist would say, okay, well, you're emotionally dysregulated. Here's this pill or... You know, when you're really upset, hug your dog and here's a piece of paper that says you can take it on a plane or whatever. And those things uh, will address the symptoms. But the cause is that nobody uh, that you're, you didn't have a parent that was feeling what you were feeling while you were feeling it as a child. And that needs to be completed. You see the difference? That is the question. I do see the difference. You know, ultimately they're connected though, right? And one is a signal of the other. Like your physical is a signal of that emotional. It's just a lot of people just try to treat the physical signal and, and not go deep yes. into the emotional. Right. And because that's what Western medicine teaches us. It's right. um, you treat symptoms. And if you abate the symptoms, well, then healing has occurred, mm -hmm. which is not how it looks to me. They, they, you know, especially in quote mental illness, they'll take a list of symptoms, draw a circle around it, give it a name that ends with syndrome and think that that's the root cause. Like, you know, 30 years ago, there was no such thing as ADHD. And then suddenly there was an ADD. And now when people have a difficulty focusing, they get to say, oh, yeah, well, I just have ADD. OK, what is that? Well, it's a collection of symptoms with a circle around it and a name. <laughs> yes, but where did it come from? Well, the doctors say it's a thing. Okay, why do you have that? Well, because of a brain chemistry imbalance. Yes, but why do you have that? And then, you know, if you press a scientist or a doctor long enough, they'll say, well, we don't really know mm -hmm. in a way that sounds like they do know. Isn't that funny when they do that? Well, we don't fully understand that. You mean you have no clue what the cause is? Yes, we have a word for that. It's called idiopathic which means we have no idea where it comes from. Okay, well, if you don't know really where it comes from, then why don't you just admit that the best you can do is treat symptoms because you don't actually know what the root cause is, therefore you can't actually heal it. But the whole frame of it is 
no, the thing is ADD, and this is how you treat it. Okay, well, how do you heal it? Hmm. Well, there's not much, there's not much money in healing when we could just sell the person a pill every day for the rest of their life. So the whole system is incentivized to treat symptoms because it's a huge moneymaker, and they don't know any better. So Western medicine is not actually, for the most part, depends, but it's mostly not about healing. If you have a compound fracture and it needs to be set, yes, that will set the conditions for healing. But in all of quote-unquote mental illness, none of that is about healing. None of it. It's about making the symptoms go away. True. Although I think one of our problems is that we don't teach people to recognize, you know, even at a young age and as children to recognize the physical emotional connection. Like usually you're thinking certain thoughts, you're feeling it somewhere. And if you're feeling something, it relates back to an emotion. And we're not taught that. We're not taught to recognize that to be able to then get to something deeper. And I think that's one of our problems. I totally agree. Yeah, it's innocent. And of course, the people in Western medicine, by and large, mean very well. Um, but it's a, it's a monkey riding a bicycle. It's just never going to win the Tour de France. <laughs> <laughs> no matter how good, no matter how fun it is to imagine. <laughs> Joseph, do you, uh, do you put the Dr. Richard Strozzi Heckler's work in somatics as a bridge here, looking at uh, embodiment and connecting the emotion to the body and then to the brain? Uh. I mean, it's better. It's, you know, you can go through the body and try to get to the emotional body that way. Um, but it's, my experience is that it's limited. It's certainly better than lots of other things, but um, it, it's still, it, you know, it, what does the paradigm say? Um, typically what paradigms like that say, that whole somatic psychology um, world says that the emotions are stored in the body. And we're going to work with the body to try to get to the emotions. Well, um, there are effects of emotion that are stored in the body. But again, I would say that's downstream. You're still working with the physical body, trying to get to the upstream source. And that's different than going straight to the emotions and actually looking for the core architecture of the emotional body, which is the work I do that I call the backward step sometimes with people. So... Um, yeah, again, it's, if the paradigm says that emotions are stored in the body, you automatically have a limit because I don't think that's true. Not entirely. Do you, do you think though that Western medicine at this point is at some point starting to embrace some of the gateways to the brain through the physical body? Like obviously psychedelics are now being accepted. Yeah. And I remember through our meditation class, it's like you can relate deep meditation to potentially a psychedelic experience and does that allow people to get into the emotional state to maybe address some of that stuff where they couldn't before it certainly can yeah i mean almost everything helps i, I just have a really high standard for the limits that things tend to have so um everything helps and um it, it's not that uh, things won't help a little bit um psychedelics have their limits as well and, you know, for example, the, one of the limits of psychedelics is they bypass the defense systems without negotiating with them, which uh, can cause problems. It's, it's, it's invasive because it just, it, it's this, a psychedelic, a strong entheogen has the power to just crack open your defenses and open you up to all sorts of stuff that you're not typically opened up to. Okay, well, what's cool about that? 
What's cool about that is you can experience um, aspects of your emotions and aspects of consciousness that are heretofore uh, blocked off from you so you can get a sense of what you're walled off against. But the price that can be paid is the defense systems who are those walls see what you're doing and go, uh-huh, yeah, I don't like that. I'm going to double down my defenses and you're never going to get to do that again. Or because they weren't lovingly negotiated with, they do something else, you know, and, um, you know, they let something, I mean, drugs will typically, they open one thing up and close something else down. So there's a price associated with that. Again, if you're not negotiating with the, the defenses, it can be invasive, but they can be very helpful uh, at the same time. It's just that uh, you want to understand the limits in any model, because if it's a model, it has a limit. Thanks for listening to Manage to Engage, the clear and open podcast. Join us next week when you'll be a little bit closer to who you're destined to be. Until then, know that clear and open is dedicated to the evolution of you because businesses grow when people do. If you're looking for more support on your journey, head over to clearandopen.com for even more tools, articles, and free resources. Thanks so much for listening. Bye for now.